Hey, another day, another dub for the New Jersey Devils. Unofficially, of course, but still a lot to break down and a lot to get excited for. Buckle up, everybody. Lots to talk about on today's episode of Locked On Devils. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Dell's writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Second game, unofficial games, of course, but second dub for the New Jersey Devils as they came out victorious against the New York Islanders by a score of 4-1. to one. Now, in the last episode, I talked about how the New Jersey Devils look a lot more polished on the rink. They looked like they came out with a lot more aggression. It seemed like they had a strategy and a game plan that worked best for their organization, despite Jack Hughes not playing in the last game, despite Andre Palat not suiting up in the last game, Alexander Holtz, Dougie Hamilton, all those guys. You know, you still got Nico Heischer. You still had... Jesper Bratt, who are able to uh, hold down the fort for New Jersey Devils. And also Graham Clark looked like he was trying to come out with some sort of statement. So that way he could potentially be a dark horse to make the opening night roster. Overall, my main takeaways from the previous game was that I love the brand of hockey that the Devils were playing. Now, albeit, and I know I, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, it is preseason. These games obviously don't count. You can't read too deep into uh, playoff matchups, but I must say, guys, these past couple games for New Jersey Devils, it just seems like there's a different sense of urgency. Like in the previous episode, I said how the talent was very raw for the New Jersey Devils. It seemed like they had different components. They just didn't know how to function it correctly. So one of the examples that I want to bring up, and one of my former colleagues over at the Hockey Writers, Alex Javonsi, who's a friend of the show, actually mentioned this on his Twitter page. He said that the New Jersey Devils during their power play were playing below the net. And everyone was just stunned by that just because, you know, the, the, the past year or so, we've been talking about how uh, awful the power play has been for New Jersey Devils, how they look like a deer in headlights. Seems like they just pass a puck around at the point. It just seems like they're afraid to try to penetrate on in and just try to find the back of the net. And then in this sort of game, like I said, games don't count, but still some notable things to take away from all this. The New Jersey Devils have a better game strategy and it goes to like their power play. And Alex Javonsi, once again, pointed out playing below the net. And that's a huge step up. It means that the New Jersey Devils are switching everything up. Doesn't look like they're scared. And, you know, I saw the comments responding to Alex Javonsi saying that Mark Recchi is seeing left and right right now. Like he is, you know, being busy, albeit he's not behind the bench for the Devils anymore. But still, it's, it's impressive to see how much of a leap forward they have taken despite these games not counting. So, I'm really proud of the overall effort from the New Jersey Devils. And quite honestly, this game was a step up from the last game. And that was to be expected because we had our best players out on the rink. You had Andre Palat, Alexander Holtz, and also Jack Hughes, and a few notable other players who are known for making some sort of impact for the Devils at one point or another. Now, let's talk about the H2O line. It is the Holtz, Hughes, and Andre line. So, Obviously, uh, H2O is a compound for water, but I think in this case, people are saying like H squared, so as in two H's, so Hughes and Holtz, obviously, and then 
The O is for Andre Palat. So the H2O line was originally just a line that was being experimented on during the scrimmages for New Jersey Devils. But according to Ryan Novazinski of NJ.com, the Devils were seeing a lot of great success with that line combination during the course of practice, during the course of scrimmages. So they decided to stick to it because, remember, we were projecting for Andre Palat to be on the second line. We were projecting for Jack Hughes to be on the first line with, with um, Dawson Mercer and Yegor Sharangovich. And then we were debating as to whether or not Alexander Holtz would make the opening night roster for New Jersey Devils. And quite honestly, guys, I think it would be somewhat insane to say that Alexander Holtz is going to start the season out in Utica because I think he is solidifying himself a role. And we'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But for right now, I still want to keep the focus on the H2O line. Just an impressive showing because let's start with Andre Pilat because I think you know, despite Jack Hughes being the better player on that line combination, I think Andre Palat is the glue piece for it because he's the grizzled veteran. He's the one who's made championship runs. He's the one who has that experience. And so his overall tutelage, guidance, and wisdom, and the fact that he is, you know, working with Lindy Ruff, Andrew Burnett, whatever coach is available to try to, try to you know, fit into the overall system, Andre Palat is that X factor. He is that guy to just put everything together. And the fact that, you know, you have someone who um, is going into their rookie campaign, because remember, Alexander Holtz didn't play in enough games to qualify it as his rookie year. Jack Hughes is supposed to be the franchise player. He is going to be the future uh, superstar of the league, hopefully one day. And then you got Andre Pilat, someone who's been around the block before. So they got a perfect combination right there. You got the experience, you got the future, and you got somewhere in between. Because remember, I don't consider Jack Hughes to be a veteran player. But at the same time, you know, he's not a rookie at this. He's not a newbie. He, he's someone who's been similar to Andre Pilat around the corner, just not as many times. So this is a good line combination to have, especially with Andre Pilat coming on board. Because I anticipate, and I don't want to jump the gun on anything, but I think this is a really good opportunity for Andre Pilat to take his career to the next level. Now, I get that somewhat of a hot take because he's 31 years of age. But remember, we have Andre Pilat locked up for the next five years. So the thing about Andre Pilat is that when you look at the championship run for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who is one of the more underrated players when you're listing off the roster? It's Andre Pilat because he's put up solid production. And one of the things I've been preaching about the past couple of weeks is that the thing about Pilat is that he knows how to turn up his game when it matters most. So I think Andre Pilat would be a perfect combination, if not with Holtz, definitely with Jack Hughes. Now, it does raise the question, can Dawson Mercer and Yegor Sharangovich do, you know, weather the storm without Jack Hughes? Once again, I'll talk about that a little later in the episode, but I'm loving uh, Andre Pilat on that line with Holtz and Hughes. And now let's talk about Alexander Holtz, because we've talked a lot about his uh, scoring and the fact that he's gotten faster, the fact that he's gotten stronger, but his playmaking ability has been pretty nice. And it doesn't just go to that goal that he uh, assisted on for Jack Hughes. You know, he was able to just help feed other players as well because Andre Pilat uh, one time had a pass to him and Alexander Holtz was a little too wide, but he was able to uh, recoup it. But overall, Alexander Holtz, and I think the one thing that's been underrated about his overall game and the one thing that we need to talk more about is just his playmaking ability and it's sort of showing shades to Jack Hughes because we talk a lot about Jack Hughes' scoring, but 
The one thing that we also preach heavily about is his playmaking ability and the fact that he's able to make the players around him better. So the fact that, um, you know, this is our essentially going to be our top line because of Jack Hughes. And, you know, since Alexander Holtz is getting that reps on the top six, I'm sorry, guys, but no disrespect to Fabian Zetterlin, but I think Alexander Holtz is solidifying himself more and more of a guarantee to make the opening night roster just based on what he was able to do during the prospects challenge, what he was able to do during the scrimmages, what he's been able to do in his one exhibition matchup so far. I think Alexander Holtz deserves that uh, one of those final few roster spots for New Jersey Devils. So uh, I think Holtz has been doing great. And he's had he had four shots on goal, which was tied for Sharon Govich for tops on the team for the Devils. So you know Alexander Holtz, once again, guns blazing and just coming full speed ahead, looking for his own shot. Yes, it didn't translate into a goal, but I love the aggression. I love the determination. And Alexander Holtz needs to stick to it if, if he knows what's best for him. And now when looking at Jack Hughes, picking up right where he left off, and you know what? I, I made a prediction a couple episodes ago. I said, uh, I want Jack Hughes to be my MVP pick, and I said Shimon Nemetz would be my X factor. Now, here's the thing about Shimon Nemetz. No one was really talking about it, but he led the New Jersey Devils in takeaways. So forcing those turnovers despite having a plus minus a negative one and despite you know playing the most minutes of any defenseman aside from Dougie Hamilton – you know, Shimon Nemetz actually had somewhat of a decent impact. So once again, leading the New Jersey Devils in this game in takeaways with three. So my predictions are starting to come into fruition just a little bit. So I said Jack Hughes would be the MVP. I don't think um, you give Jack Hughes the MVP this game because there were so many other players who had great impacts. But you would be crazy not to say that Jack Hughes had some sort of an impact on this game. And you know what? I, I his one shot on goal was a goal, so I'm happy for Jack Hughes in that case. So, uh, once again, that H2O line, chef's kiss, just working wonders right now. Now, what's going to happen in the next game, I'm not really sure, but it's working right now. And Bill Spaulding, the new uh, play-by-play announcer, which, by the way, when I first tuned into the game, I, I had to keep uh, reminding myself that Cangelosi is no longer the play-by-play announcer because I was like, wait a minute, am I listening to the Islanders feed? No, no, I was like, oh, right, new play-by-play guy, Bill Spaulding. But, um, you know, Ken Danico said it best as Bill was, you know, trying to talk about the H2O line, which is, you know, the preseason is where you build chemistry. It's where you build dynamics. And I think that's what the New Jersey Devils have been trying to do with Holtz, Palat, and also Hughes, which is build the chemistry between those two players. Now, it does raise the question, What's going to happen to Yegor Sharangovich and what's going to happen to Dawson Mercer? Now, we'll talk about that momentarily, but first, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning, and it comes from our friends at Bet Online. So, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info this season. Find all the latest players' developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. So let's talk about a few other players who had notable outings against the New York Islanders, and let's start with the goalie tandem. So this time around, we saw the goalie tandem of Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmidt. Now. 
here's the thing. Going into this preseason, myself and a lot of other people have been preaching the fact that the huge X factor for New Jersey Devils going into this year was going to be the goaltending situation. So in the last matchup, we saw Mackenzie Blackwood and Nico Dawes. And once again, this time around, we saw Vanacek and Schmidt. Now, Vanacek, despite letting up a goal in period number one, similar to Mackenzie Blackwood, he had a really good outing. But, you know, he didn't face the toughest shots in the world. And I'll explain what I mean by that momentarily. But first, uh, I want to read a tweet from Alex Bonsi. Just as Blackwood did last night, Vanacek finishes the game stopping 0.21 goals above expected. Thought he made a few strong saves, even though he wasn't tested too often. So I think Alex Shabansi is hinting at the fact that in the previous game against the Montreal Canadiens, we were raving about how Nico Dawes and Mackenzie Blackwood were making great saves because uh, despite the New Jersey Devils outshooting the Montreal Canadiens, it seemed like the Montreal Canadiens had more grade A chances. And I said it in the previous episode. But this time around, despite uh, the shooting um, numbers being somewhat similar between the Devils and the Islanders, um, it, it just seemed like the Islanders didn't really give that many good shots on um, on Vanacek or Schmidt. So it made their night a little bit easier in between the pipes. That's not to take away from what they did. I'm just saying this time around, it was a lot tamer compared to the Canadians game. And that's going to happen. But, you know, ultimately... It, like I said, not to take away from Vanacek or Schmidt, they did one hell of a job in between the pipes, and it looks like the goaltending, and like I said, I, I'm not trying to jump the gun on anything. Hopefully this does not jinx anything, but the goaltending seems to have improved a lot better for New Jersey Devils because, you know, we talked about Mackenzie Blackwood having a good outing. We talked about Nico Dawes having a good outing. We talked about uh, Kira Schmidt and Vitek Vanacek both having good outings, so, you know, there's four, four goalies right there for the Devils, and like I said, and I'm going to keep saying it as often as I can, I think we should give Jonathan Bernier one chance to appear in one preseason game for like 20 or so minutes. Like just briefly, similar to what Akira Schmid this, this time around, just let him play for one period and just see how he's feeling because, you know, I, I know it's a bit of a risk, but if he's playing in the scrimmages, you know, he won't be going 100%, but it's just to give him some NHL action before – we start with the overall recovery process so that way he can return come late uh, November, which is his uh, ETA of returning. Now, let's talk about Miles Wood because Miles Wood, I feel as though, had a great impact for New Jersey Devils in this game because I felt his energy and I think a lot of other people certainly felt his energy as well in this matchup. So you, you saw that Eric Holla goal, right? Of course you did because it was an electrifying goal. It was really exciting to see. And Eric Halla is definitely going to be one of the uh, other X factors for the New Jersey Devils going forward. But I saw Miles Wood just running up ahead of the rink and just dropping on back for Halla, and Halla was able to get a good shot off. So I like that for Miles Wood. That's what we've been missing. We've just been missing more firepower on our bottom six. And I said it going into the season that if I need someone to just be that spark plug on the bottom six for the New Jersey Devils, yes, I'm looking at Eric Halla. Yes, he had a goal, but I'm also looking at Miles Wood and just trying to, you know, set up for his teammates. And then you also saw Mercer getting an assist, and now this leads into the next talking point, which is now that Andre Pilat, Alexander Holtz, and Jack Houston to be all buddy-buddy might not be the worst idea in the world to maybe roll out with that sort of line uh, for the opening night matchup, just in case, you know, because I think that they are meshing well with one another, like I just said, and, and you know, we, we obviously play seven preseason games, so 
we got five more matchups, and you best believe that we're going to see that line at least once or, or twice more for the rest of the uh, exhibition matches. So if, if they continue to perform up to par, then it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world to maybe roll with that same line come opening night. Now, it raises the question, what's going to happen with Dawson Mercer and Yegor Sharangovich? Because that's the overall concern going into uh, this year if you separate Jack Hughes from those two players because we saw it. And, you know, once Jack Hughes went down with his injury, second game of the year, you saw the production from Sharon Govich start to dip. He was a healthy scratch a couple times. You saw Dawson Mercer. Sometimes he hit a wall. But when Jack Hughes was inserted into the lineup, Dawson Mercer took his game to another level, and it seemed like he went stretches performing really well. So my thing is, like, I, you just got to see what they do during preseason. And like I said about what Cam Danico said, preseason is all about building a bond. So this is good practice to separate Sharon Govich and Mercer from Jack Hughes so that way they can take a step forward and try to develop in their own sort of way. Now, Sharon Govich was able to pick up a goal, and it was a really exciting goal. Dawson Mercer was able to get an assist on that holla goal. seemed like Dawson Mercer was also going to get a goal of himself in the final period of regulation. Unfortunately, he fondled the puck, so he so he wasn't able to get a, a shot off. But still, uh, I, I like the aggression from Dawson Mercer. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Mercer was paired alongside with Holland Wood on the second line. Obviously, Holland Wood will be playing on the bottom six, but it, it's just uh, for this game because obviously Nico Heischer wasn't playing in this game. Jesper Bratt wasn't playing in this game. So I, I think that goes without saying that Wood will not be a top six player. Sharon Govich was playing on the bottom six with Zetterlin as the other winger position. So, yeah, so Sharon Govich was able to get a goal. And I, I think Sharon Govich will still be a top six player. And I think uh, Dawson Mercer will be a bottom six player. But I think for Dawson Mercer, rely someone on like Eric Holla. That's the whole reason we got him to provide some veteran leadership because I think Eric Holla knows what his role is, which is create for your teammates and just try to be a capable player because Holla is sure as hell a capable player because he can both play the center position and he can play the winger position if need be. So Eric Holla is definitely very versatile in that sort of aspect. So I think he knows the role is to help someone like Dawson Mercer develop in the right direction. That's, you know, assuming if Dawson Mercer is on his same line going into the season. And then when you look at someone like Miles Wood, Miles Wood definitely brings a lot more energy. And I think that can definitely, you know, put an extra step in Mercer's step. And now for Sharon Govich, it's now time for him to take the lead because he's entering his third year in the league. We're anticipating somewhat of a breakout year from him. Obviously, congratulations to his wife. Uh, they're expecting a kid. So Mazel tov to both of them. Um, Sharon Govich, like I said, able to get a goal this game. Time for Sharon Govich to be more aggressive, and it's time for him to put his foot on the gas pedal. It's time to break out of Jack Hughes' shadow. Now, I'll give a little more leniency towards Dawson Mercer because he's entering his sophomore year, and the main uh, goal for Dawson Mercer is to not fall into that sophomore year slump. And then for Sharon Govich, it's to, like, you know, not do what you did last season to start the year and just prove to everyone why you could be a solid piece for a Devils uh, roster moving forward. So that's my overall mindset. You know, it, it, it does kind of uh, hurt me a little bit just because I really want Mercer and Sharon Govich to be on the same line as Jack Hughes. But this Andre Pilat and Jack Hughes and Alexander Holtz line, so far it's working wonders. We saw it in a beta version of an NHL game. We saw it in the scrimmage. We saw it, uh, you know, during the course of practice. It's just like, 
it's like peanut butter, jelly, and more peanut butter. It's just working really well. And, you know, Andre Pilat, the old grizzled veteran, Jack Hughes, sort of that happy medium between being a young guy, but also being around the block a few times just because he is one of the more experienced players on the Devils roster, and he is the franchise piece. And then you got Alexander Holtz. Hopefully it, uh, he's looking to suit up in a lot more games to qualify for his rookie year. And I think Alexander Holtz is definitely going to be uh, somewhat of a surprise for New Jersey Devils. And I think he's all but solidified his position on the opening night roster. Now, Fabian Zetterlund did everything in his power to, you know, um, j- just assert himself. We saw he was able to bob and weave through traffic. He almost had a sweet highlight goal. He was trying to get himself into Sports Center top 10 and just trying to say to the New Jersey Devils, saying, hey, hey, don't just have your all, all your eyes on Alexander Holtz. Look at me, too. So, uh, obviously, he wasn't able to score. But one thing I like about Fabian Zellin, looks a lot more aggressive, similar to a lot of his teammates. And my main goal for Zellin going into this year, be an enforcer. That's what I want to see. And, and you need to throw your weight around and be that aggressive person. So, like I do on every post-game recap, I am going to give you guys the final statistics, and then I'll give you a letter grade. So, shots on goal differential, 26-25 in favor of the Devils. Face-off percentage, 58% to 42% in favor of the Devils once again. Power play, both teams laid a goose egg in that category. Islanders 0 for 5, Devils 0 for 3, uh, but the Devils did look a lot more polished on their power play opportunities, so I'm not going to hold that against them, and Alex Chavansi also acknowledged that as well. Hits 21 to 17 in favor of the Devils, blocks 12 to 9 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways, the Islanders led that apart, department 6 to 1. Now, Final letter grade. So, like I said, one of my predictions a couple episodes ago was that if Shimon Nemetz and Jack Hughes uh, suit up in a game, I expect Jack Hughes to be my MVP. I expect Nemetz to be somewhat of a X factor. And the fact that Nemetz was able to lead the Devils in takeaways, Jack Hughes was able to get a goal, and he's meshing so well with uh, Andre Pilat and Alexander Holtz. And, you know, the fact that we're getting production from uh, Dawson Mercer, Dougie Hamilton, Yegor uh, Sharangovich, once again, you know, I'm excited to see that moving forward. And this was a great game for the New Jersey Devils because they let up a goal, but they scored four unanswered goals. So they, they're putting their foot on the gas pedal. And I really hope this translates into the season. And I hope this is a preview of what's to come. So this grade, I'm going to give the Devils a B because, you know, not perfect, but still very, very, very impressive. So similar to the last game. But you know what? No, they improved a little bit. So I'm going to give them a. I'm going to give them an A minus just because they looked a lot more polished. They impressed me for back-to-back games, and you know, you know that that's not an easy feat to do. And it was impressive. And by the way, I do not have an update on on Nico Heischer. Lindy Ruff just revealed he's getting treatment. That's all I got for you guys on Nico Heischer. But it's cramping. It's nothing to be uh, concerned about. So let me know what you guys think. What did you think about this game for New Jersey Devils against the New York Islanders? What did you think about Bill Spalding making his play-by-play debut? I think he has a good voice, and I think he's definitely going to be a good uh, announcer. Obviously, Steve Cangelosi had to feel, fill in for Doc Emmerich, and now uh, Bill Spaulding has to fill in for Cangelosi. So, uh, you know, big shoes to fill, but that's how it works in this industry. Trust me. Now, um, impressive game for New Jersey Devils. Loved every bit of it, and I'm excited to see what they do in the next game. So let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, hit me up on my personal Twitter page. And the show's tour page at Locked On Devils. And give me your comments there if you're listening on a podcast streaming service. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So 
Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.